We are continuing in our uh, series in the epistle of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter number one. We've been walking through uh, this e- epistle that uh, Paul has uh, written for us uh, there. And uh, let me begin by asking you this question. How many of you remember growing up playing tag? You don't have to raise your hands, but do you remember playing tag? Get a group of kids together, run around, and you choose one of them to be it. Isn't that great? You're it. And you have to run around, and you have to tag uh, the other kids there. I like to uh, play a game called freeze tag, right? When you, the kid would run around, who was it would tag you. You would be frozen, uh, and you couldn't be unfrozen until someone else that wasn't tagged tagged you and, and unfroze you. But in all of those games, one of the things that was always fun uh, about that was that there was always a designated area, a, a spot, a pole, a place, whatever, that if you got to that spot, you were safe, right? You couldn't be tagged. The, the person that was it would chase you. You'd run as fast as you can to that spot. Usually if there was a pole there or something, you'd, you'd grab out of the pole and swing around it and try to be safe where you were at and be secure. Well, I want to talk about that safe zone today. I want to talk about that, that security today. Uh, one of the things that is so very true about this world is that we don't have much security in this world. Isn't that correct? I mean, I wish the world had a safe zone, had a, a secure place when all the lives, troubles would come and all of the uh, stuff we dealt with. But unfortunately, the world doesn't have one of those. And that's the reason why we deal with so much anxiety and worry in our lives, because we know that we can be gotten to because there's no safe zone. And the Apostle Paul knew this so well because the Apostle Paul, throughout his life, his ministry, as we see throughout the Scriptures, went through so many different struggles and many problems throughout his ministry, so many hardships. And now, as we've been saying each week, he's now sitting on death row. He's now in prison, and the only way he's getting out of this prison is by losing his life. And now, he could be sitting there sulking and worrying and wondering about what's going to happen and how is this all going to be uh, worked out. But instead, what he does is he sits down and he writes a letter. He writes a letter to all the churches in Ephesus there. And as he writes this letter, instead of it being down or being upset for what he's going through, it's very upbeat and encouraging. And he explains, and what we've been looking at is how those who are in Christ are so greatly blessed. And so we've been looking at these blessings that have been given to those who are in Christ, and we see how they apply to them, but also to us today. As we talked about, those who are in Christ are those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. And those who have done that receive these tremendous blessings. We've seen the blessings of the Father. We've seen the blessings of of the Son, and today we're going to look at the blessings of the Holy Spirit and what those wonderful blessings are. And so as we walk through this and we see what the Apostle Paul has for us, I want you to see that when we come to the blessings of the Holy Spirit, when we come to what the Holy Spirit is going to do and bless us with, it's all about security. Isn't that good? The world may not have security, but God has security for us. Isn't that wonderful? And so we come to our text here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13, which says this, In Him, and again, that's our phrase, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promise of 
the Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, we see again, those who are in Christ are the ones who receive these blessings. You, the only people that receive these blessings are those who have been in Christ, been saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul takes a moment and says, let me explain to you what that means to be in Christ. Uh, we've talked about this several times, but Paul now uh, lays it out in one sentence here in what we have already seen. And he says this, when you hear the truth, and he says, well, let me explain to you what the truth is, because it's not all truth, but when you hear the truth, that is the gospel of your salvation. When you hear the gospel, when you hear the good news, when you hear that presented, and you believe in him, believe in Jesus Christ. In other words, salvation is this. Those who are in Christ are those that have heard that, first of all, we're sinners, every one of us. And because we are sinners, we fall short of the holiness, the glory of God. Meaning this, that no matter who you are, no matter what you are, whatever you've gone through, you cannot be good enough to get yourself into heaven. As a matter of fact, we don't even know what the definition of good actually is according to this world. Whose goodness? My goodness? Your goodness? Well, how do we know? No, we, goodness doesn't get us there because we're all sinners. And so the, the only way that we can have heaven as our home to be in Christ is what he's talking about. So we must ask forgiveness of our sin. We must repent of our sin, put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, ask him to come and be Lord of our lives, we are saved. At that very moment, we are placed in Christ. But something else excitingly happens. We, not only are we placed in Christ, but, but we're going to see that what the Holy Spirit's work is in this as well. And this is why it is so important for us, church. Listen, it is so important for us that we recognize that the gospel is the most important thing that we need to get out into this world. It's the most important thing. That means that our lives must reflect the gospel in all that we do, in the ways that we act and we react to people in this world. That we need to know the scriptures and the word of God to give a, a, a message of the gospel message or our testimony so that others can be saved. But this is the most important thing that we are to do. And when we draw people, when we take the gospel message and they believe, then we have these gifts that we've been talking about, these blessings from God. More importantly than that, we have these, this gift from the Holy Spirit, which brings great security in our life. Because he says this, once you have believed in Jesus Christ, you are then sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. But what in the world does that word sealed mean? Are you like me when you see that word sealed? The first thing that pops into your mind is a Ziploc baggie. Is that right? Is God sealing us for freshness? Is that what he's doing? Zipping us up and making sure that, that we're fresh? No, that's not really what this word sealed actually means. What it really means is this. It is a reference to the seal that is placed on an important document to show ownership and authenticity. Now that's good. That's better than a Ziploc bag any day, right? The idea of this it goes back into ancient days, especially with the kings of, of those days. Uh, those kings would have what they would call a signet ring. On that ring would be a picture or an embossed um, 
ring setting on there that would allow them to dip that ring into wax and to put that seal, if you will, on a document to prove that the king was the one that sent it. Or if it was uh, instructions to like a general or something, they would fold that up and they would close it and he would seal it. And that, that, that letter could not be opened by anybody but the general who was supposed to see it. And it was to let them know that that document was completely authentic, that it came from the king. Well, in the same way, our king, our God, has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He has sealed us to let us know that we are authentically His, that He is the one who owns us. We still do the same thing today in our society. We have uh, notary publics that, that will uh, stamp something to let you know that your signature is authentic, that, that it's from you, or maybe you, I, I remember my actual birth certificate had an embossed seal on it. I don't know if they do that anymore, but they have a raised seal on that. I guess that lets them know I was actually birthed. The elders told me I needed to do better jokes. I'm sorry. I'll work on it. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Paul is telling us here that the Holy Spirit is the seal for us. The moment we believe in Christ for our salvation, the Holy Spirit indwells us, empowers us, and seals us as God's child. Commentator Max Anders puts it this way. I think it's said so very well. God seals or marks His children with the Holy Spirit, indicating that we are His, that we are authentic spiritual children. No, not fakes, nor imposters, but that we are under His protection. Isn't that good? The second that we are saved, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are saved. We are His children. He knows us. And we know Him. And as a result, we are protected by God. We are secure and protected. Now, that protection doesn't mean that life is going to be peaches and cream. It doesn't mean that we're not going to face hardship. All of us can attest to hardship in our life and struggles in our life. But what it means is this, is that God is going to carry us through. That God is going to bring us through. That uh, He Texas. I wish there was a way for God to pull back the spiritual realm for us in just a brief moment. And I believe we would, our minds would be blown by all of the things that come at us spiritually that Satan wants to destroy us with that God stops and doesn't let to come upon us. The things that come upon us, I believe, are the smallest things that can be put upon us. And God holds back the stronger and the greater things. The number one thing that we are protected from is that Satan, listen now, never again can have your soul. We are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, so, and we are protected from the fact that the power of sin condemns us no more. We are never condemned by sin any longer, and we are protected from Satan as long as we walk with our Heavenly Father. We are protected from his fiery darts, the Bible calls them, from the things that he does as we walk through this life. We are sealed. This lets us know, this lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are his child. And when does that happen? That happens the point 
at which we call on Christ for salvation, immediately you are the child of God. Do you know that if you are in Christ today, you are God's child here and now? This doesn't just wait until you get to heaven. When I get to heaven, then I'll be God's child. No, you're God's child now at this point because you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the mark of God upon you. He knows that you are his child. What a blessing this is to know that. But not only is this blessing here for us as we walk here on earth, but the Holy Spirit does do one more thing for us, which ensures our future. Have you ever had someone that you walked up to, and we'll talk about this a little more as we go, but have you, have you ever had someone that you walked up to and said, are you going to heaven? And their answer is, I hope so. You ever hear that? I hope so. Maybe you said that. I hope so. Look at this. The Bible says here, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, continues on and says, who, that's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who sealed us is the guarantee. Do you see that word? The guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Why aren't you shouting? Say, because I'm not 100% sure what guarantee is yet, Pastor. Then we'll, let me know what that is, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. Not only are we sealed in God's authentic child now, but the indwelling and the sealing of the Holy Spirit guarantees your inheritance. And you remember we talked about our inheritance last week. Our inheritance is that we, we will be with God forever guarantee that we have. How many of you have ever put, the other word that this guarantee can mean, it can be, it can be mean deposit, if you will, giving some banker terms here, a deposit. How many of you ever put a deposit down on something? What, ha, what does it mean when you put that deposit down? You're going to rent an apartment or something? You put your deposit down. That means that that apartment is yours until you actually take possession of it. That deposit secures that they will not give it to anybody else. The Holy Spirit here, the word guarantee literally means deposit. The Holy Spirit is our deposit, assuring us, letting us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when we walk out of this earth and we walk into eternity, that if we are in Christ, we know that heaven is our eternal home. We can know that. We can be certain about that. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. It gives us complete security in knowing that heaven is our home. I say, Pastor Mike, that's that, that's that teaching that once saved, always saved. And doesn't that mean, basically, that, that you can go and sin and do whatever you want to do and all that kind of stuff? No, absolutely not. Because I tell you what, if you're a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, you'll despise sin the same way God despises sin. You will stay away from it the way that God wants you to stay away from it. And if you can walk in sin, then you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't. But the point of the matter is that when you are in Christ, when you are saved through the salvation, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your eternal home. This is why we say we have an eternal hope. This is why we say that hope isn't a hope so, a maybe, a could be. No, God doesn't work with maybes. God doesn't work with could be's. He tells us point blank that if you are in 
Christ. You are my child, and you are with me in glory for all of eternity. In other words, because salvation is God's work. Do you hear me? Salvation is God's work. And the Holy Spirit indwells the true believer. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will never take that back. You can't lose it. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your eternal home. And all the benefits and all that comes with this inheritance is ours. I tell you, in my years of ministry, I've heard many, many people who I would say are solid believers on this question of do you know that heaven is your eternal home? Answer, I hope so. And I want to tell you today, I want to give you security today, not false hope, but true hope in knowing that if you have repented of your sins, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, asked Him to be Lord of your life, and He has saved you, then you can know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You can know that. You can know that that nothing that comes against you can prosper against you because God is the one who has saved you and sealed you and guaranteed that heaven is your home. The matter is settled. It's settled. Heaven is your home. For those who receive what Christ has done, you are guaranteed eternal life and inheritance, which includes heaven. You are so greatly blessed by God. So can I conclude this section of our series with this? These will be on the screen for you. Who are you in Christ? Well, here is who you are. You are wanted by God. God had a plan for you before the foundation of the world. You are adopted as a son or daughter into the family of God with all of the legal rights that go with that. You are redeemed from your sin. You are bought out of the condemning slavery of sin. You are forgiven from the penalty of sin. God gave up the right to punish you because He has forgiven you. You have been given a purpose. You are a key to the fulfilling of the will of God. You've been given an inheritance. You will dwell with God one day in heaven. And that is guaranteed because you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit who makes you an authentic and protected child of God and guarantees that you have eternal hope and an inheritance. Amen? If you are in Christ, that, listen to me, church, that is your identity. That is who you are. Don't get caught up in all this craziness the world is saying. This is who you are. This is who God sees you as. You are a child of the King. You are His child. You are precious in His sight. He has blessed you with blessings beyond all measure. And this is who you are. You are to walk and to live in this identity. Maybe you say, I'm not in Christ, or I don't know if I'm in Christ, or I don't know that I'm saved than today. You know what God wants more than you do? Today, God wants you to be in Christ. Today, God wants you to be saved. Today, God wants you the best way you know how to say, God, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I trust in your death and resurrection. And the best way I know how, I ask for you to come into my life and be Lord of my life.
And God says, yes, and then you are in Christ, and every one of these blessings instantly, instantly become yours. And your identity is in Christ. So if you are saved today, your identity is in Christ. Live in that identity. Walk in that identity. Let the world know that that is your identity because of the way you live and the way that you speak. Share the gospel, but know, know today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're walking through, no matter where you're going, you, if you are in Christ, you are greatly blessed and treasured by God. Will you stand with me in God's house today? Father God, thank you so much for your tremendous blessing. Unbelievable blessing. Thank you for your goodness. And God, I pray if there's someone here today that would say, this term in Christ, I don't know. Salvation, I don't know. I pray in this very moment, they would just simply bow their head and say, Lord, forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. I trust you and your death, burial, and resurrection. And the best way I know how, I ask you to become Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, please move in this place. Move in the hearts of those who are lost and those who are saved. And those of us who are in you, Lord, let us leave this building today praising your name like we've never praised it before because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen.